listening to the sermon podcast from Christ Lutheran Church in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. We are honored that you are with us. At Christ Church, we believe God is alive in Holy Scripture, inspiring, challenging, and guiding us today. At Christ Church, we bring our hopes, our pain, our questions, and our doubts, and our faith as we journey together through the Bible, trusting Jesus to meet us here full of grace. Christ Lutheran Church is a special place of healing. May the healing love of God bless you today. Thank you for joining us here. Will you pray with me? Holy God, as we turn to your word, be with us, abide with us. Open our hearts, our ears, our minds, our eyes to see your will for us, your kingdom among us. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable and pleasing to you, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. I am so excited to begin reading the book of Ruth with you all. Eric started us off uh, this morning, and for the next four weeks, we are going to read all of the book of Ruth. And it's just four short chapters. We'll take a, a chapter every week. And I actually want to encourage each of you to read or to listen to the book of Ruth at some point this week, the whole, the whole book. Read it, listen to it, find it on YouTube, but go through all four chapters. I, it's worth it. I know you can do it. I believe in you. In fact, in order to really reap the blessings of the book of Ruth over these next four weeks, I challenge you to read Ruth once a week for the next four weeks. You could do it all in one sitting or break it up over time, but just imagine that you get to tell your friends that you read a whole book every week. Maybe you already do that, so maybe now you read two books every week. In preparing for this, uh, this series on Ruth, I found this essay uh, written about uh, the book from 1953. It's in one of these, uh, they're called commentary series. It's like this big, and it's, it's uh, written in 1953. They were on a lot of preacher shelves back then. Uh, I was given this set of books uh, by a retired preacher, and they've, they, they've acted as a side table because they're so big. I've seen people turn them into lamps that by drilling a hole through them. It's really creative, but nobody really opens them much anymore. Uh, but I was like, I wonder what, what's in this about Ruth. And I love what this author says. He said, from a literary point of view, Ruth is a gem, a gracious and beautiful short story. He says, Ruth is a little book, a lovely little book. It is too slight to carry the weight of the many disquisitions. A great word. But, he says, there is an eternal hardiness in its conviction of a God whose love 
overflows the limits that good people seek to impose upon him and who continually stretches the content of neighborhood and brotherhood until it embraces all lands and people. So can you, I think that's so true. And can you guess then why we are going to read Ruth? We are going to read Ruth for the next four weeks. In this is a story of God whose love overflows the limits that even good people put on God. Seek to stretch who we think of as neighbor and as sibling until it embraces within that terminology all people in all lands. I'm glad that somebody in 1953 read this book and saw that in Ruth. And I'm glad I didn't turn that book into a lamp. But it kind of is a light unto my understanding. It's worth reading this lovely little book for the next four weeks. It will, it will only enrich our experience of exploring it together. For while we will hear every chapter read together each week, you will benefit from having a sense of the whole story held together. It's hard to remember week from week to week what what scripture we were reading, what we talked about last week. So if you do that, I think you'll at least have the story. So let's, let's go back to the story. We heard already from, from Eric um, that this is a story that takes place in the days when judges ruled Israel. So that means that this story takes place after Moses and Joshua led the people of Israel into the promised land. You remember uh, several weeks ago, we read through all of Joshua and, and Joshua got the people of God into the promised land. So this is happening shortly after that. So the people are now living in this land of milk and honey. And then pretty soon they began to ask for God to send them a human ruler over them. Now, God wanted them to simply be able to live in community. Just just live together. Just trust God. Just Uh, trust each other. Follow the law. I gave you the law from Moses. Just follow that. Live together. Trust me. You're fine. But the people demanded some kind of human leadership. They wanted a king, in fact, like the other nations. God allowed them judges instead. So that means that this story takes place sometime between 500 and 700 years before Jesus was born. It's a long time. Now, loving kindness and faithfulness are the great themes of the book of Ruth that I want you to look for. In the original Hebrew, the word is hesed. Hesed. Hesed is is a hugely important uh, quality in the Bible, and it's generally translated in English to a loving kindness or faithfulness or this quality of generosity. Hesed, loving kindness, faithfulness, generosity. We will see Hesed and loving kindness and faithfulness among the characters in Ruth, but we will also see how God uses these folks to reveal God's own nature, which is. Hesed, loving kindness and faithfulness. At the heart of the story of Ruth is God. 
God who is faithful and at work even in the worst of times. If that's not a message of hope for today, then I don't know what is. God is at work in the lives of these people in this story, and God is at work in our lives, in our time. The way that Ruth begins, as we heard, it's, it's with Naomi and her husband, Elimelech, and they are leaving their home in Bethlehem. Who else is from Bethlehem? Jesus. And before Jesus was King David. So Bethlehem is where they were living. Uh, They had two sons, but they had to leave there, uh, leave Bethlehem, because the land of milk and honey was experiencing a famine. So this means that Naomi and her family became climate refugees. Have you heard that term? Climate refugees. They had to leave their home because there was a famine. They had to go someplace where they could survive. So they fled Judah with their children. They went to Moab, where they had a better chance to make it, to raise a family and to feed that family. There are some of us here today who can relate to that situation. You need to leave your homeland because of poverty or crime or something else. In Moab, the boys grew and And they married women from Moab. Both of these guys are Jewish guys. They married wives of different nationalities and of different faiths. So this is a diverse family. And then a season of heartbreak strikes this family. First, Naomi's husband dies, Elimelech. And then both of her sons die. We don't know how they die, but just like Job, Naomi experiences wave after wave of devastating loss. She decides in her grief to go back to her homeland, to go back to Judah, where the famine had lifted. So now Naomi, she she was not completely alone. Both of her son's wives are with her. Now, remember, they, they are Moabites, the, the, these wives, uh, Orpah and Ruth. They are Moabites. They live in this land. Uh, that's where their families are. So our story continues in verse 8. Now, Naomi said to her two daughters-in-law, Go back, each of you, to your mother's house. May the Lord deal kindly with you as you have dealt kindly with me. The Lord grant that you may find security, each of you in the house of your husband. Then she kissed them and they wept aloud. They said to her, no, no, we'll, we'll return with you to your people. But Naomi said, turn back, my daughters, Why will you go with me? Do I still have sons in my womb that they may become your husbands? Turn back, my daughters. Go your way. I'm too old to have a husband. Even if I thought there was hope for me, even if I should, should have a husband tonight and bear sons, would you then wait until they were grown? 
Would you then refrain from marrying? No, my daughters. It is, it's been far more bitter for me than for you because the hand of the Lord has turned against me. So that's where Naomi is in her grief. She says, even if a, I thought there was hope for me. She says, it's been far more bitter for me than for you because the hand of the Lord has turned against me. Naomi is depressed. She has lost her husband and her children, and for good reason, from this place of deep pain, she doesn't see any hope for her. But she does see hope for these young women, that they can recover from their loss, that they can have a good life. So she's freeing them not to worry about her. She's encouraging them, go, go home, heal, live your lives. It's okay. She sees no hope for herself, but she sees hope for her daughters-in-law. And in her love for them, her kindness, she gives them her blessing to go. So, then they wept aloud again. Orpah kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth clung to her. So Naomi said, see, look, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and to her gods. Return after your sister-in-law. But Ruth said to Naomi, do not press me to leave you or turn back from following you. Because where you go, I will go. Where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people, and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die. There will I be buried. So may the Lord do thus and so to me, and more as well, even if death parts me from you. When Naomi saw that Ruth was determined to go with her. She said no more to her. So the two of them went on until they came back to Bethlehem. When they came to Bethlehem, the whole town was stirred because of them. And the women said, is this Naomi? But Naomi said to the women, call me no longer Naomi. Call me Mara which means bitterness, bitter. Call me Mara, for the Almighty has dealt bitterly with me. I went away full, and the Lord has brought me back empty. So why call me Naomi when the Lord has dealt harshly with me and the Almighty has brought calamity upon me? So Naomi returned together with Ruth the Moabite, her daughter-in-law, who came back with her from the country of Moab, and they came to Bethlehem at the beginning of the barley harvest. So there ends the first chapter. Ruth has refused to leave her mother-in-law, Naomi. She is free to go with Naomi's blessing, but she has such a powerful love for Naomi and is so faithful that she pledges her fidelity to her. And th this is more than, than guilty obligation. This is faithfulness. This is love, chesed. They have a, a relationship that's seen great, happy times. 
they've also been through incredible loss together. The power of Ruth's love and commitment is greater than her fear of what may lay ahead. She could have stayed as her sister-in-law did, but she wedded herself to Naomi and promises not only to go where she goes, but to herself now become a foreigner, to take Naomi's people and culture as her own, to give herself in faith to Naomi's God, who is our God. She pledges herself to Naomi through death. Ruth's speech is such a beautiful vow of love and faithfulness that uh, Ellen Stockstill and I made this our own wedding vow when we were married over a decade ago. And what we've heard today, what's, what, what do you think sets this family apart? What, what makes Ruth and Naomi and Orpah, what makes them so special? That their story is in the Bible and that we are reading about them 3,000 years later. What's so special about them? Their, their loss is great, but it's not unique. We've all known devastating loss. Some of you have known very well wave after wave of loss like Naomi experienced. Their story is here not simply because of their pain. And neither is it because Ruth is superhuman in her faithfulness to Naomi. It is incredible kindness. But I think that many of us can think of people who have shown this kind of love. If not to us, we, we know their stories. We, we can think of people who are as loving as Ruth is to her mother-in-law. My own grandmother, whose name was Ruth, she committed herself to her mother-in-law after they were both widowed in a short period of time. So she shares Ruth's name and a bit of her story, but there's nothing extraordinary about it. Naomi was not a queen. Ruth was not a famous businesswoman. There are many other families just like them in their own time and in our own time. And that is what is amazing, miraculous even about this story in the Bible. It's in the Bible. This story, their story is made holy. It is lifted into the word of God, not because they did anything more special than anyone else, but because God wants us to see how if their story belongs in this story, then so does yours. Someone could tell any single one of your stories the way that Ruth's is told here, and there would be pain and there would be triumph over adversity. There would be loss and there would be incredible love and kindness and hesed in each of your stories. The Bible is a story of God and God's people. And here in the Bible is Ruth's ordinary story. But it is extraordinary. And so are your stories. That is what God does for us. God reminds us that our story of faith is part of God's story and that your story has a place here 
a place here in God's story. And therefore, you have a place here. Here in God's community. And here, we strive for the kind of hesed of loving kindness, of faithfulness to each other, to our community, and most of all, to God. Ruth and Naomi and those that we meet here, they invite us to marvel at their stories so that we might also marvel at the stories of those we meet. Those who come here for medical services or to see a dentist or to hear the heartbeat of their baby for the first time. And also those who have never come through these doors. We marvel at their stories and we imagine them within the story of God. For mercifully, God's love overflows our human limits to embrace more and more of creation in Hesed, folding all the stories into God's story of grace and redemption. So how will your story of faithfulness and love in this, be told in the story of God. I invite you to truly imagine that. How would your story be told if it was the book after Ruth? I want you to imagine that as we continue together for the next few weeks to learn from Ruth. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. today for the sermon podcast from Christ Lutheran Church in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. We welcome you to visit us in person if you find yourself in the Harrisburg area. Visit our website, ChristHarrisburg.org, to find out more about our church and the free medical clinics we offer here. That's ChristHarrisburg.org. The music at the top in which you hear now is by Shane Ivers. May God be with you until we meet again.